Well, I'm going to invite you to take your seats. Make sure whoever you're chatting with, you can uh, catch up with them straight after the service. Grab some lunch together. Invite them to your connect group. Give us a wave if, if you're in a connect group. Yeah, most of our churches, I know. Um, if you're not, uh, why not join one? It's a great way to stay connected during the week. Um, and again, Church Center apps the best way to do that. You can see all the connect groups there and get involved uh, different times and different groups. Well, this morning, um, we are starting a little series for the next three weeks, and it's going to be a little bit different. Every service is going to be a little bit different, um, and we're calling it a heart of worship, sing to the Lord. Um, and I, I really wanted to do a, a short series on, on worship because it's something that I think we, as Christians, if you've been coming to church for a, a little while, maybe your whole life, maybe decades, um, we always like sing songs, uh, and we always, uh, and some, some people are like, oh, I wish we didn't, um, but you still turn up every week, uh, and we sing songs, and we do it on purpose, there's an intention behind it, and there's something, uh, there's a reason we do it, and sometimes we can forget the reason, and so what I want to do, especially this morning, is just to remind us of why we sing to the Lord, why we worship, and why we spend this time, and of course, Worship is far more than a song, uh, and so I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying this morning, but I, I've used this word because I think sometimes words uh, change over time, uh, the meanings of words change, and especially in Christian circles, the word worship can become synonymous with singing, and, and so that's why I've used that word, just to, as a bit of a, uh, to help you lean in and say, oh yeah, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about when we come in on a Sunday and we sing, uh, we do our songs and some of them I love and some of them I really don't love and um, all of them I love all of them I, and we'll get all to that in a minute but why we sing how we sing engaging our minds our hearts our strength our voices our bodies worship is more than a song like I said um, but it's not less than a song and I want to make that clear this morning worship is far more than a song but it's definitely not less than a song and we sing every Sunday on purpose God calls us to worship him he calls us to sing to him not because he needs it, not because he's got some void in his heart um, or some empty longing in his being that he's like, oh, I just need someone to reassure me that I'm a good person um, or a good God. He doesn't need that. He's completely content within himself. Uh, but he actually calls us to worship and want to show us this morning because it's good for us. It's actually the best thing you could do with your life. It's the best thing that you could do, uh, not just on a Sunday morning for 10 minutes, and some of you feel like, oh, it's far more than 10 minutes, Brad. It's way too long. Um, but we're going to be spending eternity doing it, singing with the angels, praising God, lifting our, our voices, lifting our gratitude to Him. It's good for us to sing. It's good for us to engage with all our hearts, our mind, and our strength in the way we sing to God. And I want to read a scripture to you, and then we'll um, unpack it a little bit, and we'll talk about a, a few things. So Hebrews 13, verses 15 to 17 says this. Therefore, now, now if you know my, my father, I think he's in the room this morning. Is he here? I saw him before. Was he gone already? He heard that I was preaching. He's like, nah, I've heard this guy talk too much. <laughs> Put up with him the whole life. Anyway, he taught us uh, when he was senior pastor here, therefore, what's it there for? We have to always ask that. And we're going to ask what it's there for at the end. So I'm going to come back to it, okay? So just park the therefore 
till then. Therefore, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So God, we just thank you as we come around your word this morning, as we talk about this subject of worship and singing to you, God, that you would make it clear to us your truth, you would encourage our hearts, you would challenge us, uh, and you would help us to see the plans that you have for us. God, we love you so much and we thank you that we get to talk uh, to each other so freely and openly. Um, God, we lift up the different parts of our world that are in strife at the moment. We particularly think of Israel and Palestine, God, and we just pray for your peace uh, and your supernatural miracle in that place, in that region, God. Uh, we just pray, pray for people that are in positions of leadership, uh, of power, of making decisions, God, that they would have their hearts softened to make a, a peaceful decision in every turn. Uh, God, we lift up our country as well. Um, and for the, just the heart and the, the heartache that some people might be feeling um, in results of the referendum, God, we just pray again for just a peace and for a unity and for your, um, just for your presence to be felt and to be known. Uh, God, we, we thank you that you are a God who is above and over all. You are a God who knows the beginning and knows the end and every moment in between. And God, we pray and we know that we can trust you when we can't see a way forward. We can trust you because you have a way forward. God, we pray that in these next few moments that we might be able to hear your voice. We might be able to still our hearts and our minds. And God, we might be able to take you at your word and to, to obey it freely. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you ever um, did this when you were growing up. I know I did, and I know my eldest son is definitely in this moment of his life. When you're watching sport, like, and maybe you're not into watching sport, but it, it might relate to other areas, and I'll get to this in a moment. But you're watching sport growing up, and for my son, it's soccer at the moment. Uh, and in his mind, there is no doubt that he's going to play for a professional European soccer league uh, team. He's going to play for PSG. Uh, I think he thinks that Mbappe will still be playing when he's able to play. And, uh, but he's like, I'm going to play. I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Like, you watch him on TV, it's not that hard. Kick. Brock signed me up to a soccer team. I've never played soccer before, but apparently we're going to play soccer later this year. And I'm sure I'll <clears throat> come up here with crutches one Sunday. <laughs> That'll be why. Um, but you're just growing up and you look at someone doing something great and you think, oh, I could do that. It's not that hard. Or you see um, someone doing a painting, maybe, especially these abstract paintings, and you think, it's not that hard. I could do that. I could flick a paintbrush. It's not that hard. Um, and then you try to have a go, or you see these things happen in real life, and you think, wow, <laughs> actually, I probably am not that good. And there's probably a reason why there's only like uh, one Mbappe or I've Alana and I have just finished watching a documentary on David Beckham on Netflix. Um, it was fantastic. And you just sort of have an appreciation for how skilled they are and how good they are. Uh, and you think, well, I'm just not going to try. When you find out how good someone is at something and how, how hard it is, you can, it's easy to spectate, 
but it's not as easy to participate. When it comes to singing and worshipping God, I think sometimes we can fall into that same mentality. Especially in the day and the age that we live where um, you can jump on Spotify, you can jump on YouTube, and you can see some of the best vocalists in the world leading worship in different churches, singing their songs, and you can think, wow, they make it look so easy. And then when I do it, it's like, comes out like a squeak or a squawk or not even that good. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just happy to spectate. I'm happy to spectate our church try their best um, and, and do what they can and, and not participate. But I want to encourage you this morning that worship is not a, a spectator sport. It's not like art. It's not like soccer. It's something that God calls us all to participate in. In fact, singing is something that God calls us all to participate in. And there's good reason for it. And I want to unpack some of those good reasons for it and suggest that if we would sing and engage our hearts and our mind, that it's not just good for you, but it's good for the person next to you. It's good for the person behind you. It's good for the person in front of you. It's good for those that you live with, those that you work with. It has an influence on your whole world. We are all spectators in some aspects of our life. Um, perhaps when you're watching a sport or you're observing some art or seeing a play um, or looking at a new house design, we all spectate and, th- and we can be critical. We can say, well, I didn't do that right. I mean, who watched the AFL Grand Final and you saw Brisbane and Collingwood and then, I mean, there was a high tackle, wasn't there, at the end there, I think. And some people were very critical of the umpires in that moment. I was maybe in that camp, just for a moment, the passion of the game. I don't go for either team, but, you know, you sort of get caught up in the moment. It's easy to criticise, but then if you were put in that same situation, (laughs) it might not be as simple as you uh, observe. Uh, You can look at an artwork and think, oh, it's just the wrong colours, wrong period, wrong design, wrong this. You can look at a house and think, oh, doors swing the wrong way, colours, the walls are wrong. Um... We can do it with everything, but generally speaking, the more you are around something, so the more if you watched a sport that you've never seen before in your life, you wouldn't be critical of it because you've got no idea how it's supposed to work. You'd just be like, oh, that's a bit strange. People come to Australia, never see AFL before, they watch our sport and think, you guys are crazy? Why are you trying to kill each other over a ball that's not even round? It doesn't make sense. But the more you are around certain things the more you are able to be a critic. The more you are able to observe and see what's good and what's bad about it. I think, unfortunately, because we come in, some of us, every week or a lot of weeks of the year on a Sunday, we can turn into critics of a Sunday. We can talk about or think about that was good, that wasn't good. I mean, I I do it as well. I'm a preacher. Um, and so whenever I hear someone else preach, I can easily go into critic mode and think, oh, they didn't structure that well, or they didn't say that point as clearly as they could have, or they sort of misinterpreted that text. But I've got to sort of remind myself, God, what are you speaking to me about? I'm here for you in this moment. I'm not here to be a critic, but I'm here to participate in what the Holy Spirit's doing. 
And so I want to uh, encourage you to participate, not to spectate. Not to think, oh, it's too warm, it's too cold. It's not the right melody. I don't like that singer. I don't like this song. I don't like the drums. I need more drums. It's too bright. It's too dark. It's too new. It's too old. It's too this. It's too that. I mean, we can all have those opinions, and we all do. And we all find uh, moments where we fall into those, that way of thinking. But I want to encourage you to step out of that way of thinking as much as you can. As much as you can. And to participate with the moment. In Hebrews 13, um, there's maybe six things you could, you could maybe point out, point out more, six things that uh, worship is described as. One of them is praise. Uh, so let us continue to offer a God a sacrifice of praise. And that's going to be our focus today. Some of the other things are pr- proclamation, the fruit of lips that confess his name, service, doing good um, to, to people, participation, sharing with others, sacrifice, giving of time and talent, and submission, uh, respecting godly authority over you. And all these things, and like I said, all these things are a part of our worship. Worship is all of our life, everything we do with it. Worship is more than a song, but it's not less than a song. But I want to particularly focus in on this idea of praise or the proclamation of our lips. And what praise is, you know, in the Psalms, it tells us how to praise. There is lots of instruction on praising God. And some of them are like to do with music. In Psalm 150, you can look at all the instruments that it's talking about there to to praise God with our music, to praise God with lifting hands. Psalm 63, you can read about that. We can look in Psalm 149 and talk about our singing or our words, uh, dancing, clapping, shouting, kneeling, lying prostrate on the floor. You can see all these things in, in the scriptures of how we are to sing and praise our God. You know, the thing about music is it was created by God. It's part of his creation, melody. The, the way we hear, the way we sing, the way we can make music, it's all a part of God's wonderful creation. He could have created a world that was completely monotone. And we wouldn't have thought anything less of it. We would just, that would have been our normal. We would not know what a melody was. But instead, he created melodies and music and creativity because he is a creative God. And he made us in his image. And he made music, he made creativity to bring glory to himself and to change something in us. So music and singing is, is powerful. And, and you might um, have been at a, a concert before. I know uh, back in, well, I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2005, I went to a U2 concert. They came out to Melbourne. And, I mean, the atmosphere, it was incredible. And you could feel and sense the power of the music and the power of the moment. And I think that is part of the creative power, if you like, of music. Maybe you've watched singing competitions like The Voice or um, what are the other ones? The other ones. Um, <laughs> and there's moments and people are like, got chills, like, oh my goodness. Like the, and I think that is, part of, part of that is just like the spiritual essence, if you like, of the music and the creativity. You can see an artwork, you can hear a story, uh, hear a poem, and all of it engages your heart, your emotion, your feeling. And it's all good, but it's all for the glory of God. It's all meant to be for the glory of God. Of course, not all of it is created for the glory of God, but it's supposed to be for the glory of God.
So when we praise, when we sing, it has an effect on us. It should have an effect on us, and it does have an effect on us, whether you think it does or not. Uh, part of our worship time is to humble us, to remind us how good God is and uh, how little we have in a, in a good and helpful and healthy way. It keeps our attention off of ourselves and onto um, on how good God is. Uh, we can spend our time praising God, and it's good for us to, to, to stop thinking about ourselves, to stop thinking about our our problems maybe, the, the areas that we've fallen short, um, the areas that we've succeeded in, uh, the areas that others have fallen short, and to completely devote our attention to our good God. It's good for us to do that. I've been doing some reading this week about... Um, I found it fascinating that the, the things that have been mentioned in Scripture, the things that God has told us to do in Scripture, such as singing, I'm going to look at three things quickly, singing, clapping, and dancing, that science has begun to see the benefits of these three things for our lives. Uh, so singing, or what comes out of our mouth, has huge benefits for our mental health and the the people around us as well. And I'm sure you know this. You know, the, you can be around people who speak positively and it has an impact on your life. It helps you. Um, there's been studies done that people who give encouraging words, um, people who hear encouraging words, are going to uh, perform better at certain tasks as opposed to people who hear negative words. You could have the same person and you could give positive affirmation and encouragement and then negative, and I don't know how they've done these studies, but they have, and the performance is better just by the words spoken. Of course, we know this. Um, of course, you know, it's in the Bible. Um, in Ephesians 5, it says this, uh, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You notice how Paul says, I want you to sing to each other with your heart. Make melodies. It's not a suggestion. It's not just like there's some people that will sing and make melodies and that they should do it with their hearts. Like, everyone, come on, come, let's come together. Sing and make melody with your heart. It's good for you to do this with each other. There's something about when we vocalise our praise rather than just think it. When you say something heartfelt to someone, it makes a difference for you and for them, as opposed to just thinking something nice or saying something without it being heartfelt. Maybe you've had that before. You've had someone say something to you and it's like, you didn't really mean that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice words, but you didn't really mean it. Or someone's maybe thought something really nice to you, but you think, well, they don't like me, or they didn't, I wasn't very good at that. These things combined, our actual words and the heart that's behind them, make a difference. When you come in on a Sunday and bring your heartfelt praise into the room, it helps and encourages me in my praise. It helps and encourages the person next to you in their praise. And it helps create this... It's, it's more than a moment, but it brings about life change. It brings about deeper affection, greater surrender. There is something that is 
um, powerful about when we vocalise what we're thinking about. I want to just do a quick exercise with you, and in my mind this is going to work, and maybe I should have vocalised it first, but um, no, in my mind it's going to work, and for those in Yarram and Locksport, I want you to do this as well. In your mind, I want you to start counting from one, just slowly, just not very fast, it's not a race, it's not a competition, I just want to make that clear for some of you competitive, I'm like, I'm going to get to a million. Um, just start counting in your mind slowly, not out loud. All right, ready, set, go. Now, I want you to say the name Jesus. All right. Is anyone still counting? Some people, yeah. Okay, but most of us, that instantly like broke us out of what we were thinking about. It was like, snapped us out of it. And what you would probably notice is that what you spoke was more powerful than what you were thinking. Like the words sort of took over your mind. You weren't able to continue to think. I was thinking about this in bed last night. You know, sometimes, maybe this is not true for you, but you can stay up late thinking about things and you go through different scenarios and different conversations. And I was going through my message in my head and just thinking, oh, oh what if I don't say that properly? What if, you know, and you have, and you can't, it's like a, it's like a train, like a steam train. You just can't like stop it sometimes. But as soon as you vocalise and start speaking, it's like, it's, and it's more likely to happen at night because you're not going to get up and start talking, especially if there's other people in the house that are asleep. Um, you're just going to like, oh, deal with my thoughts, I suppose. There's something powerful about where we speak out. It, it stops this thing. The, the authority in your mouth is greater than the authority in your mind. In Proverbs 18, verses 20 to 21, it says, From the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you let negative and critical words come out of your mouth, they will fill your stomach, they'll fill your heart, they'll fill your life. They will change. What comes into our stomach is, I mean, if you consume bad things, it's going to be bad for you. Bad for you. If you consume good things, it's going to be good for you. And studies have now begun to show this as well, that there's positive and negative effects from the words that we speak, the words that we sing. They are more powerful than our thoughts. Words can bring about trauma or they can improve performance. They can bring death or life. So sometimes on a Sunday we can come in and we can feel great about God. We can feel or great about life or great about whatever it is and it's like, oh, I'm ready to praise God. I'm going to sing. And then other times we can come in and go, oh, just not feeling it this morning. And we choose not to. I want to encourage you to sing regardless. Praise God when it's going great and praise God when it's not and lift yourself into that place and help your mind and your heart sing yourself into his presence. You know, Psalm 100, I think it's verse 4, says, enter his um, presence with thanksgiving and praise, courts. I can't remember the order. Go read Psalm 100 and you'll see. Um, but God wants us to sing his praises because it's life for us. It's life for the person next to you. It changes you and it changes me. Psalm 47, we're going to keep moving, we're running out of time. Psalm 47 verses 1 to 2 says this, Clap your hands, all you people. Shout for joy uh, with a jubilant cry. For the Lord, the Most High, is awe-inspiring, a great king over all the earth. How cool is this? I've read some studies about the benefits of clapping. Do you want to know some of the benefits of clapping that people, um, doctors and clapologists, I don't know. I made that word up, can you tell? Digestive problems, it helps with your digestive problems, back, neck and shoulder pain, joint pain, effective relief from gout, 
helping with low blood pressure, helps with heart and lung disease. It improves when children are clapping. It improves their handwriting and their spelling. It improves your immune system. It's incredible. Like, just the things that God has called us to do, like, it, it makes sense, right, that it's good for us. It makes sense that it's not just like, oh, yeah, clap, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Makes a weird sound. But God is calling us to clap. He's calling us to sing because these things are actually good for us. He wants our bodies, our hearts, our voices, everything engaged. Psalm 149 says this, Hallelujah, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel celebrate its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. We're Baptists. And make music to him with tambourine and lyre. Ready some health benefits benefits of dancing? I'm not a dancer. Ask my wife. I am. I've got three left feet. Improved condition of your heart and lungs, increased muscular strength, endurance, motor fitness, increased aerobic fitness, improved muscle tone and strength, weight management, stronger bones, uh, better coordination, agility, flexibility, improved balance, spatial awareness, increased physical confidence, improved mental functioning, improved general and psychological well-being, greater self-confidence and self-esteem, better social skills. I mean, again, just the benefits of these things. Uh, science is starting to discover, oh, these are good for us. And we're like, of course, God's calling them to do us. You notice that things that God has written in Scripture, more and more, the more we discover things, the more science discovers things, the more we realize they're true. I was even reading yesterday about, I mean, this is totally an aside, it's not in my notes, but I was even reading yesterday about, you know, snake venom, uh, anti-venom comes from lamb's blood. You know that? Like, I mean, just go do, start thinking about Scripture and the snake bites and the sting of death and the, the blood of the lamb and like just the amazing, I mean, anyway, my mind was blown. Maybe yours is just like, oh, that's interesting, bro. There's so much references to dancing. I don't have time to go through them all, but basically any time there was a victory or something good happening, people were dancing before God. They were dancing before each other. There was like this celebration of like, Moving their bodies. I don't know if you, again, if you go back to the AFL Grand Final, you go back and see big events. People in the moment of the celebration of the win are up on their feet. They're clapping, they're shouting, they're jumping, they're moving. They're not sitting there going, thinking, I'm so glad I won. Like, woohoo. But there's something in that moment that it's spontaneous. It's... it automatically happens that you, um, your body's engaged in that moment. And that's what God wants for us when we think about uh, what he has done for us. And we could go on talking about instruments, lifting hands, shouting, kneeling, bowing, all these things. And you can find all those expressions. And they're not just a put-on response, but they are in response. And this is where we get to the therefore. And maybe the team can come up because we're going to take communion. Um, and so when we read that Hebrews 13, therefore... Through him, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. You'll read about in Hebrews, and again, we don't have time to go through it all, but you'll read about in Hebrews 13 the, the idea of the high, the high priest um, and the blood and that the, the high priest had to offer blood or offer a sacrifice to allow people to come into the presence of God. And here the writer of Hebrews is saying, 
You know, Jesus is our high priest. He is the one who has offered his blood. He is the one who has died on the cross and taken your sin, taking anything that would stop you coming into the presence of God and allowed you to come freely and boldly into the presence of God. And that is the thing that you should think about and respond with clapping, singing, shouting, dancing, music, heartfelt praise to God. It's the thing that changes your life, not just now, but forever. It's the thing that sets you free from guilt and shame and condemnation. It's the thing that allows you to have reconciliation between you and God and you and others. It's the thing that brings God's creation back together. It is the greatest thing. And sometimes we don't feel like we can sing or dance or clap because our lives have been far less than holy, far less than perfect, far less than what they ought to be. But this morning the reminder is it's therefore, and it's not therefore because you had a good week or you did something good for God or you had a good moment, but it's therefore the cross. Because of Jesus, every Sunday, every moment, it's therefore because of Jesus and what he has done. He has taken your brokenness. He has paid the price for everything you've ever done wrong. The blood of Jesus on the cross means you can walk boldly and confidently into his presence. You can come and sing your song. You can make melodies. You can clap your hands. Not because you are good, but because he was good for you. And this is the heart of worship. This is the heart of our song. It's more than a song. But it's not less. And so we're going to take communion now. I'm going to ask the team to start passing the, the elements around. And during this first, we're going to sing a couple of songs together and we're going to respond. And I want to, and then next week we're going to respond and we're going to do some more songs. And then the third week we're going to do even more songs. Um, we're going to talk about it. Next week uh, we're going to have all our worship leaders up here. I'm going to talk with our, all our worship leaders about this subject. It's going to be a great week and I really encourage you to come along. Um, but I'll, I want us to remember Jesus and thank him for all he has done as we enter this time of praise, of singing. And maybe you've never sung praises to God before. Maybe you've always just participated. Maybe it's your first time here. I want to encourage you to, to praise God this morning in response to what he's done. Maybe you've never clapped your hands. I want to encourage you to clap. Maybe you've never danced. Dance. I want to encourage you to engage your heart, your mind, your strength. And let it encourage not just you, but the person next to you. So I really believe that we are called to be a church that is um, passionate in our praise and worship. Singing with our hearts, not just going through the motions of singing a song. And regardless of the song we're singing or the band that's up. And it's because of what Jesus has done. So God, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are here with us and that we can sing our song to you. And God, we pray that as we sing right now and as we respond and take communion and remember the blood of Jesus and the body that was broken for us, that we might have confidence to praise you this morning. We might respond with adoration and affection. God, we thank you that you are a loving, good God. 
And God, you are with us in this moment. God, we give you praise. We give you honour. In Jesus' name. Amen. As the team begin to sing this song, I want to encourage you to take communion in your time. And then when you're ready and able to stand and sing and join in. Um, and just maybe allow the Holy Spirit to encourage you to take a step of faith, to engage your heart, your body, your voice in worship this morning. It may be a way you haven't done for a long time or ever. And let's encourage each other and lift up God's praises together.